Welcome to The Reality Revolution. I'm your host, Brian Scott. In some recent episodes, we have covered Dr. Joseph Murphy's amazing interpretation and explanation of the power of Psalms. We have an episode on the inner meaning of Psalm 23, as well as his discussion of Psalm 91. At the end of the last episode, I put it out to the universe. I would love to hear more Joseph Murphy talking about these Psalms. And I would love for him to go over all the Psalms. And it turns out he does discuss the Psalms even further in his book, Supreme Mastery of Fear. In this book, he goes over many other Psalms and gives additional information about the 23rd and 91st Psalm. The reason Joseph Murphy is so powerful is his use of language and his teaching of affirmations. This particular aspect of his teaching is transformational. People really love the way he speaks to the subconscious mind. And in particular, he is using the language of the Psalms, these magical phrases from the Bible, as a means of unlocking deep spiritual states within you. The Psalms are more than just biblical records of previous prayers and hymns. They're magical. They're magic spells. Check out my Psalms meditation And I am in the process of reading the entire book of Psalms for a future episode. But for now, let's get a further explanation of some of these Psalms from Joseph Murphy. Meditate on these Psalms and get wonderful results. Meditation is for the purpose of redirecting your mind among God-like ways so that divine law and order may govern all your activities and all phases of your life. Shakespeare said, All things be ready, if the mind be so. The Bible says the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Hebrews 4.3 All this means is that we should open our minds and hearts and accept the gifts of God proffered to us from the foundation of time. We should reorder our minds and ask ourselves a simple question. How is it in God and heaven? The answer is, all is bliss, harmony, joy, love, peace, perfection, wholeness, and indescribable beauty. The all-wise, the all-powerful, and the all-knowing one is within us. No matter what we seek, already is, love is, peace is, joy is, power is, harmony is. And the answer to every problem is within us now. At this moment, God knows only the answer. The 23rd Psalm. Many people meditate on the great truths of this psalm and get wonderful results as you focus your attention on these truths, absorbing them into your mentality. You are meditating in the true sense of the word because you are appropriating more of your divinity. The God presence, which dwells in your deep self. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. 
my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23, 1-6 Choose God as your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord means God, the living spirit within you. I shall not want. This means you will never want for evidence of the fact that you have chosen God as your shepherd. A shepherd watches over his sheep. He loves them and cares for them. He examines the fields where they graze, and he eradicates loco weed, which would adversely affect the sheep. He leads them to the shade and guides them single file over the steep ravine to water, where they are refreshed. At night, he examines their nostrils to see if there are needles or other irritants embedded there. If so, he plucks them out and pours some soothing oil upon them. He examines their feet, and if injured, administers kindly to them with whatever medication or treatment is appropriate. The shepherd loves his sheep. He calls them by name, and they follow him. All this is symbolic, of course, but very significant, indicating to all of us that if we choose God as our shepherd, we will not want for any good thing. I must be before I can have. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Before we get an answer to our prayer, we must first possess our desire in consciousness. Our consciousness represents the sum total of our acceptances and beliefs, both conscious and subconscious. Our state of consciousness is the way we think, feel, and believe, and to whatever we give mental consent. In other words, our desire must be deposited in our subconscious mind. I must be before I can have. The ancients said, to be is to have. If I try to obtain what I want by external means, I am a thief and a robber. My state of consciousness is the door to all expression. I must possess the mental equivalent of whatever I want to be or possess. Your dominant state of mind always rules. Let us take a simple illustration. A person wants to be healed and affirms over and over, I am healed. These mechanical statements are not enough. The person must enter into the joy and realization that he is healed. It must be a conviction based on the silent inner knowing of the soul. To be wealthy, man must assume the feeling of being wealthy, then wealth will follow. The sheep are noble, dignified, God-like ideas that bless us. Our conviction of good is the shepherd that watches over the sheep because our dominant state of mind always rules in the same manner as a general commands the army. We call our sheep by name. Then we enter into the consciousness of having, being, or doing the thing we long to have, to be, or to do. If we sustain these moods, they gel and crystallize within us, and these subjectified embodiments become objectified manifestation. Thoughts of fear and doubt neutralize our good, and a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. John 10.5 The strangers are the thoughts of fear, doubt, or anxiety which enter the mind. These ideas delay our healing and postpone our demonstration because these thoughts neutralize our good. It is idle to pray that the infinite healing presence is making you whole and perfect 
and at the same time be resentful or fearful that you cannot be healed. If you believe that circumstances, conditions, events, age, race, lack of money, etc. can preclude the possibility of attaining your objective, you are in biblical language a thief and a robber. This is why it is said, all that ever came before me, the conviction are thieves and robbers. John 10.8 He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. I received a letter from a woman in Hawaii telling me that she meditated on these words. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures for about half an hour, three times a day, for a week. She focused all her attention on the promise of the psalm. She began to look at it from all angles, its inner meaning, and how it applied to her. She stated that in her meditative mood and on her reflection on these words, the phrase meant peace of mind, contentment, tranquility, abundance, and security. The vision of a cow lying down in the field chewing the cud. The cow is absorbing, digesting, and transforming everything eaten into milk, tissue, bone, muscle, blood, etc. Likewise, she was digesting, ingesting, and absorbing these truths until they too became a part of her. She dwelt on certain passages of the psalm. Her finances were in bad shape. She was in danger of losing her lovely home. The mind in which she had invested a large part of her money suddenly collapsed. Her son was missing. No one could find him. As she continued to meditate, at the end of the week, she received notice from her attorney that a large sum of money had been bequeathed to her by a distant relative on another island, as well as some stocks and bonds. This solved her financial problem, and she was able to make satisfactory arrangements with all concerned. Her son returned home. He had run away to Canada, thinking there were green pastures there. He was wiser on his return and is at peace. This was real meditation of a very constructive nature. She appropriated mentally these great truths, and they became a living part of her in the same way that a banana, when eaten, becomes a part of your bloodstream. She quietly devoted her mind to a certain passage of the psalm and dwelt on the profundity of its meaning and its healing power. She decided to lie down mentally with these truths and experience all-around harmony in her life. Peace is the power at the heart of God. He leadeth me beside the still waters. The shepherd in the Bible is a symbol of the guiding, healing, protective power of the God presence within. You are a God shepherd. When you know and believe that God is the only presence, power, cause, and substance, when this conviction is enthroned in your mind, you will be divinely directed and blessed in countless ways. The still waters represent the mind full of peace, poise, serenity, and equanimity. You are contemplating the power, the wisdom, and the love of the infinite. In doing so, you find yourself immersed in the holy omnipresence, bathed by the river of peace, joy, wholeness, and vitality. When your mind is at peace, the answer comes. Peace is the power at the heart of God. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Romans 8.6 Reject all the fears and false beliefs of the world. He restoreth my soul. When you choose God as your shepherd, you will sing the song of triumph. Or, to put it in Emerson's words, your mental attitude is the soliloquy of the loving and beholding soul. You are recognizing the infinite spirit within you, and you know there will be a response when you call upon it.
Furthermore, you recognize the power as one and indivisible. As you do this, you reject all the fears and false beliefs of the world. Whatever fears, frustrations, and false beliefs were deposited in or became resident in your subconscious mind are now being obliterated and expunged because you are claiming boldly that the infinite ocean of life, love, truth, and beauty are saturating your subconscious, cleansing, healing, and transforming your whole being into the divine patterns of harmony, wholeness, and peace. Once you acknowledge the supremacy of the one healing power and the creative power of your thought, you have the Lord or God as your shepherd, and you have restored your soul. The psalmist says, He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Psalm 23, 2, 3. The soul is the subconscious mind, and this deeper mind must be restored to wholeness by a new attitude, a new way of thinking and feeling. The body portrays and brings forth whatever is impressed in the subconscious mind. A spiritual healing. A grandmother here in Leisure World was all upset because she had learned that her grandson was living with a girl in Hawaii and neglecting his studies at the university. She was furious because he had fathered a child out of wedlock. Since she was paying for his tuition, she felt betrayed and hurt. I explained to her that she was over 21, and so was his girlfriend, and that she could not control his life. Furthermore, she was passing judgment on them and condemning them. This was the very cause of her very high blood pressure, which drugs did little to reduce to normal. She began to realize that her attitude was all wrong, and that her anger, hostility, and resentment were poisonous and destructive emotions which affected her whole being and accomplished nothing. Accordingly, she followed a simple procedure of scientific prayer as follows. I release my grandson and his girlfriend to God completely. They are divinely guided divine right action governs them. God loves them and cares for them. Divine law and order govern their lives and they are expressing more and more of God's truth and beauty every day. She adhered to these truths regularly and they sank down into her subconscious neutralizing the poison pockets there. Whenever she thought of them, she affirmed God is guiding you. God loves you and cares for you. Her blood pressure dropped steadily and her mind is now at peace. She had discovered there was no one to change but herself. This is spiritual healing. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Isaiah 26.3 God is your guide. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Go within, close your eyes, become still and quiet and gently affirm that the wisdom of God anoints your intellect and is always a lamp unto your feet and a light upon your path. Claim that divine love goes before you, making straight, happy, joyous, and prosperous your way. Look to the God presence at all times and think, speak, act, and react from the standpoint of the divine center within you. Realize, know, feel, and claim that God is your guide, your counselor, your boss, your senior partner, and that divine right action governs you at all times. Affirm boldly. From now on, I think right because I think from the standpoint of eternal verities and principles of life. I feel right. I do right. I act right. And everything I do is in accordance 
with the eternal principle of divine law and order. Heaven's first law. I know that the name of God means the nature of God, which refers to the fact that God is the ever-living one, the all-powerful one, infinite intelligence, omnipresent, omniscient, and boundless love. I now know that God and His love saturate my whole being, and whatever I do will prosper. Take with you the mood of love, peace, and goodwill. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Wherever you go, walk the earth with the consciousness of peace, love, and goodwill to all. Suppose you go into a hospital to see a sick friend and are taking with you the mood of love, peace, and goodwill. Your mental and spiritual atmosphere will bless the sick person. You're able to give a transfusion of grace and love to your friend, thereby nourishing him with faith, confidence, and a belief in the infinite healing presence. God is life, and that is your life now. Every end is a beginning. God cannot die, therefore there is no death. So-called death is an entry into the fourth dimension of life, and our journey is from glory to glory, from wisdom to wisdom, ever onward, upward and Godward, for there is no end to the glory which is man. The shadow means the non-reality of death. Every end is a beginning, therefore, when you leave this dimension, it will be your new birthday in God, and you will wear a new fourth-dimensional body, which you have now, which is rarefied and attenuated, enabling you to pass through solid matter. You will meet your loved ones, and you will grow in wisdom, truth, and beauty there as well as here. Actually, you go there every night when you go to sleep, when some men in their ignorance might call you dead if, for example, you're afraid of death, of afterlife, or judgment, day, things of that nature, then you are being governed by ignorance and delusion, not by the Lord of all, which is a God of love. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind, 2 Timothy 1.7. Death, in biblical language, is ignorance of the truth of God. The power of God. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The rod represents the power of God, which is instantly available to you when you call upon it. The staff represents your authority and ability to use it, to meditate and think about the omnipotence and omniscience of the infinite presence bring your mind to an inner state of quietude and passivity. Think of a beautiful, quiet lake on a mountaintop, which reflects the heavenly light such as the stars and the moon. Likewise, when your mind is still and quiet, you will reflect the heavenly truths and lights of God. The quiet mind gets things done. When your mind is still, quiet, and receptive, the divine idea or solution to your problem rises to your surface mind. That is the guidance and the intuitive voice of the infinite presence and power. When the lake on the mountain is disturbed, it does not reflect the lights of the heaven above. Claim that God is guiding you now and give thanks for the joy of the answered prayer. His rod and staff have comforted you and you are at peace. Supplant your fears with faith. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. The enemies are your own thoughts, your fears, self-condemnation, doubts, anger, resentment, and ill will. The real enemies are always in your own mind. 
When fear thoughts come to your mind, supplant them with faith in God and all things good. When prone to engage in self-criticism or self-condemnation, supplant these thoughts immediately with this great truth. I exalt God in the midst of me, and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. Matthew 10.36 He fed himself spiritually. A young lady was making false allegations against her uncle, hoping to break a will so she could get some of the money bequeathed to him. He was angry, was fighting the matter in his mind, making a nervous wreck of himself. However, when he saw what he was doing, he ceased fighting the matter in his mind and began to feed himself spiritually with the great truths of God. He contemplated peace, harmony, and divine right action, and there was divine harmonious solution. What we fight in our mind, we magnify. A medical doctor, a close friend of mine, said to me recently that the publicity given to the two wives of prominent politicians in Washington who had developed cancer of the breast caused a great fear and numbers of women flocked to him for tests to see if they too had cancer. He added that he felt that fighting cancer, tuberculosis, heart disease, etc. through propaganda on the screen, radio, and press does more harm than good because what we fight in our mind we magnify. He pointed out that the constant fear of cancer on the part of these women would ultimately create precisely the thing they fear. For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me. Job 3.25 Build and put up an immunity to all sickness and disease. Walk in the consciousness of God's love, peace, wholeness, and perfection. And you will automatically rise above these false beliefs, fears, and propaganda by the mass mind. There is a prayer used in India by many people which the young boy in a spiritually oriented family is taught. I am all health. God is my health. As the young boy sings this to himself many times a day, it becomes a habit and he gradually builds up an immunity to all sickness and disease. Realize that there is nothing in God's universe to fear. Cease giving power to the created thing. Give power to the Creator. The whole universe is for you and nothing is against you. You are consecrated with divine love. Thou anointest my head with oil. Oil is a symbol of light, healing, praise, and thanksgiving. This means that the infinite healing presence is now functioning on your behalf, and the wisdom of God anoints your intellect. You are consecrated with divine love. Thou hast put gladness in my heart. Psalm 4.7 God hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness. Psalm 45.7 God hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness. Hebrews 1.9 A symbol of the heart. My cup runneth over. The cup is a symbol of your heart, which by contemplation you can fill with the great truths of God as you contemplate the beauty, the glory, and the wonders of the infinite. You will automatically generate a feeling of love, peace, and joy, which fills your heart with the ecstasy and rapture. You will find yourself exuding vibrancy, cordiality, geniality, and goodwill to all. Your subconscious magnifies exceedingly what you deposit in it. Therefore, on introspection, you will find that your good is pressed down, shaken together, and running over with the fragrance of God. You will find that God's love has completely dissolved everything negative in your subconscious mind and that you are f as free as the wind. You become what you contemplate. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, 
As you continue to meditate and absorb these great truths of the 23rd Psalm, you will discover that all things are working together for your good. Divine love goes before you, making happy and joyous your way. The harmony, peace, and joy of the Lord flow into your life, and you find yourself expressing your talents at the highest possible level. You will discover that you become what you contemplate. When meditating on the truths of God, you will find that all your ways are pleasantness and all your paths are peace. Temple of the living God. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You are the temple of the living God. God indwells you and walks and talks in you. You dwell in the house, which is your own mind, when you regularly, systematically remind yourself many times a day that God is your guide, your counselor, and that you are being constantly inspired from on high. You look upon God as your father, your source of supply, and you know that you will never want for any good thing because he loves you and cares for you. The tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Revelation 21.3 You are now rooted to the divine presence, and you are at home with God. He gives you rest and security. You are relaxed and at ease and completely free from fear for where you are God is, and you dwell with God forever. You are on a journey up the celestial ladder that knows no end. Every night of your life, you go to sleep with the praise of God forever on your lips. The 27th Psalm, the Psalm of Transmutation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me, he shall set me upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies around about. Me, therefore, will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me, and answer me. When thou saidest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not. Neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted, unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Psalm 27 
This psalm is one of the greatest antidotes to fear in the world today. I've recommended this psalm to great numbers of people down through the years, pointing out to them that countless people have used this psalm in emergencies and have saved their lives from shipwrecks, from fire, from death and destruction, from so-called incurable diseases, from mountainous debts and other acute problems. The experiences of all these people have been registered indelibly in the Akashic record, Universal Subjective Mind. Read the psalm slowly, quietly, and reverently. When you use this psalm, even though you may not completely understand the inner spiritual meaning, you nevertheless awaken and resurrect the same vibrations that others in similar conditions have experienced. In other words, you are tuning in subjectively with the marvelous and miraculous results which others have obtained. Read it slowly, quietly and reverently, knowing that you are resurrecting the infinite healing presence within you, which knows all and sees all, overcome specific difficulties. You can use this psalm to overcome any specific difficulty. As you meditate quietly on this psalm, you lift up your state of consciousness to a spiritual level wherein the trouble is dissipated. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. John 12:32. This means that when your thought is lifted up to the point of acceptance, your thought is lifted up to the point of acceptance. Your prayer is answered. Dwell upon the spiritual meaning of this psalm, which is enunciated and elaborated on in the following pages. Appropriate these truths to yourself. Reject all negative thoughts which come to your mind by supplanting them with constructive and spiritual thoughts. There is only one power. Verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord means the one presence, God, the living Spirit Almighty within you. There is only one power, and there is nothing to oppose, challenge, or thwart the one power. It has no antagonists, and there is nothing to oppose omnipotence. This verse informs you, point blank, that there is only one power, and it is all light, meaning it is supreme intelligence. Light means intelligence. The Bible says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Isaiah 42.8 I am means the indwelling God in you. The psalmist is saying that infinite intelligence knows the answer to all things. The light dispels the darkness. Salvation means the solution to all your problems. You are saved from sickness by the realization of the healing power of God saturating your whole being. You are saved from ignorance by realizing that infinite intelligence, which is the light of the world, knows the answer to all problems. Dramatize the reality of your dreams. Verse 1, the Lord is the strength of my life. I had a visit from a man who had been hospitalized by a crippling illness at Christmas time. I talked with him several times over the phone and suggested that he affirm frequently during the day, God walks and talks in me. He then was to imagine he was walking into the Saddleback Valley Cinema, El Toro Road, to hear my lectures on Sunday mornings, shaking hands with me and hearing me congratulate him on his miraculous healing. In his imagination, he dramatized the reality of all this. 
He felt the naturalness of the handshake and heard the words clearly in his mind. In his vivid imagination, he walked down the aisle and felt the solidity and tangibility of the theater set. He made all this vivid and real, confidently knowing that the picture would sink into his subconscious mind and come to pass. Last Sunday, he walked in without crutches, and he experienced objectively what he had been subjectively dramatizing so vividly. He came to my office today in Leisure World at the time of this writing to tell me of his wonderful experience while in the hospital. God calleth those things which be not as though they were, Romans 4.17. He discovered that there was a power within him, enabling him to overcome his problems. He had experienced all-around harmony and peace, which is the meaning of salvation. The enemies are always in your mind. Verse 2. When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. The enemies are always in your mind, created by yourself, such as fear, doubt, worry, resentment, hostility, etc. The wicked means to be bewitched with negative or destructive emotions of your own making. The phrase, to eat up my flesh, is an apt metaphor indicating that our thoughts or resentment, anger, hostility, irritate and annoy us and rob us of vitality, energy, and peace of mind. The solution is to quiet your mind and affirm slowly and quietly. The healing light of God saturates my mind and heart, and God's love fills my soul. The light of God surrounds me, enfolds me, and enwraps me. As you affirm these truths, all negative thoughts are neutralized and destroyed. Reject negative suggestions. Verse 3. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. You shall not fear, for you are aligned with the infinite, which is all-powerful and all-wise. There is no power to challenge it. This is why I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Psalm 23.4 Your faith is placed in the almighty power, which never fails. I had a phone call from a woman who had been hypnotized by a fortune teller who had told her that the spirits in the next dimension wanted to give her property to her so she could enlarge her services as a fortune teller and counselor. She gave her property to this woman, but later realized she had been defrauded and brainwashed. The gullibility of some people is beyond belief. The property was worth over a quarter of a million dollars. Her attorney was a spiritually oriented man and understood the machinations of the mind. This woman was panic-stricken because through an emissary, the fortune teller had sent her a message that if she went to court, she would use the death prayer against her and she would die. I told her to read the 27th Psalm three times out loud, slowly, morning, afternoon, and evening prior to sleep, and to realize that this woman had no real power. She was to completely reject the negative suggestion. Oftentimes, the explanation is the cure, and it went along these lines. Surely, there is no enchantment against Jacob, neither is there any divination against Israel. According to this time, it shall be said of Jacob and of Israel, what hath God wrought? Numbers 23.23 Of death prayer and black magic. What people call the death prayer and black magic is simply an inversion of the law of the infinite. If I wish another evil, I must be in a very negative state myself. Therefore, I bring evil on myself and will be stricken because my moods are creative. The only way my negative or destructive thinking can hurt the other person is for the person to foolishly and stupidly accept 
the suggestion and grant me power to hurt him. Then the other person will become the victim. But if the other person should laugh and ridicule my so-called powers, then all the negative thoughts would boomerang back at me, all of which would be self-destructive. The voodoo doctor in Australia or the jungles of Africa always sends the intended victim a message informing him of the fact that his image is being burned, and the fear engendered by himself kills him. In other words, he kills himself. Black magic is actualized by man believing in it. Although the other person is working negatively against you, pouring out imprecations upon you and visualizing you as dead, in reality, he is unable to do so because he does not want death for himself. This explanation registered in her mind. She began to pray as follows. The infinite law of justice, truth, and harmony operate perfectly for me and all concerned in this legal matter. My attorney is God's man and God is guiding him. There is nothing hidden that is not revealed. There is nothing covered that is not made known. I release Mrs. Blank to God. Whenever I think of her, I will affirm I release you to God. God be with you. She read the 27th Psalm out loud several times a day. And whenever fear thoughts came, she supplanted them with the Lord is my light and salvation. Whom should I fear? The fortune teller became very ill and was soon at death's door. She called this woman and asked her to come to her home with the attorney. She gave her back the land, signing over everything in a legal way. Her negativity had boomeranged, and she wanted to make amends and be forgiven, which she was. After this amicable settlement, the fortune teller recovered her health. There's always an answer. The temple of the living God, verses 4 and 5. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. You dwell in the house of the Lord, which is your own mind. When you walk and talk with the infinite presence within you, you are said to dwell there because through frequent habitation of the mind, you dwell on the truth that God is your life and that spirit or God indwells you, loves you and cares for you. Wherever you are, whether driving along the road, baking a cake, or walking along the street, you can remind yourself frequently that God thinks, speaks, acts, and talks through you. Then, you are in attunement with the infinite, and you also realize that you are the temple of the living God. The indescribable beauty of the infinite animates and sustains you. Put God first above all. These two verses point out that the most important thing in your life is to put God first while realizing that this infinite presence and power is your guide, your counselor, your way shower, your paymaster, and the source of all blessings. Knowing this, you do not give power to externals, to people, or to any objective event or condition because you realize that the cause is within. You do not give power to created things. Give power to the Creator. Nothing grieves you. Nothing disturbs you. Everything in the world passes away but God, and God alone is sufficient. You are the tabernacle of God, and you dwell in the secret place when you contemplate the love, light, and glory of the infinite, which reveals to you everything you need to know at all times, everywhere. When you realize that you are immersed in the holy omnipresence and surrounded by the sacred circle of God's eternal love, you are on a rock. This means that you are impervious to all harm 
and are invulnerable and invincible. You are surrounded and encompassed by the armor of God, and your life is secure at all times, everywhere. Replace sadness with gladness. Verse 6. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies around about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Sacrifice means to give up the lesser for the greater. You replace sadness with gladness. And when you begin to exalt the God presence within you, all the powers of the God presence within you, all the powers of the God presence begin to flow in your mind, such as fear, worry, anxiety, resentment, etc. And when the psalmist speaks of lifting your head above the enemies, he means that you cremate the negative thoughts with the fire of divine love. The head is symbolic of knowledge and you being now aware of the one presence and power within you, all the fear thoughts are expunged from your mind. There's always an answer. A singer lost her voice due to a sudden shock for one month and could not sing or speak aloud. I told her to sing silently to herself, to form the words and quietly affirm, I will sing. Yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. She did this silently for 15 or 20 minutes at a time three or four times a day, forming the words in the silence and imagining she was singing before an audience. Doctors could find no pathological condition, paralysis, or infection of any kind. It had come about as a result of a great shock due to something she had witnessed. In four days' time, her voice was restored. He restoreth my soul. Psalm 23.3 Verse 7 Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. Here the psalmist is saying that when you call upon infinite intelligence, you get a response. Before they call, I will answer, and while they are yet speaking, I will hear, Isaiah 65, 24. The nature of infinite intelligence is responsiveness. Verse 8, When you saidest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. The quiet, receptive mind gets the answer. Verse 9, Hid not thy face far from me, put not thy servant away in anger, Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. God is omnipresent and is never hidden from us, as God is the very life of us. When we are fearful and worried and try so hard to get an answer, it is as though God were hidden from us. Mental coercion and willpower fail completely. It is the quiet, receptive mind that gets the answer as prayer is effortless effort. When we are doubtful or full of fear, we block our good. God speaks in peace, not in confusion. The God presence never fails and deserts you. Verse 10, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. The God presence never fails and never deserts you. You are a son or a daughter of the infinite. And God is love. The will of the infinite for you is always a greater measure of life, love, truth, and beauty. In other words, the more abundant life. God is always seeking a holy receptacle that he might express himself at higher levels through you. God is boundless love, and love cannot do anything unloving. Fear is due to lack of faith in God. Verses 11 and 12. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breath out cruelty. Here the psalmist prays that God will lead him to paths of pleasantness and way of peace. The false witnesses 
are the fear and doubts that rise in your mind. There is nothing to challenge omnipotence. God is all-powerful, all-wise, the ever-living one. When you unite with the indwelling God in your thoughts, you neutralize all negativity. All of your fear is due to lack of faith in God. Fears are cruel, always created in your own mind, and are cast by calling on divine love to fill your soul. Believe in the goodness of God, verse 13 and 14. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. What do you believe in? To believe is to accept something as true. The most wonderful answer you could give would be to answer as follows. I believe in the goodness of God in the land of the living. My faith, trust, and complete reliance is indeed entirely upon the divine presence within and not upon my intellect, other people, or externals. My faith in God is the only presence and power. Be persistent and faithful in prayer. The closing phrase in this psalm represents a powerful and wonderful exhortation to be persistent and faithful in prayer, to wait upon the Lord. does not mean idleness or neglect, hoping that God will come along and solve your problems. On the contrary, it means that you believe, know, and expect a divine solution because you turned to the infinite presence and power in faith and in confidence, and you know that the solution or answer will come. Waiting on the Lord means praying regularly and systematically about your difficulty or problem. It means patience and persistence. The effect of your constant reiteration of the truths of God will strengthen your heart and give you greater faith. Finally, as you continue in the realization of the power of God operating in your behalf, the day will break and all the shadows will flee away. Psalm of Protection, Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by the night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Psalm 100, the Psalm of Praise. 
Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. A grateful heart is always close to God, and his man gives thanks daily for his health, abundance, and security. And his many blessings, God multiplies his good exceedingly. This is based on the law of action and reaction, which is cosmic and universal. The Bible says, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Thoreau said, we should give thanks that we were born. Practice singing and living the truths of the hundredth psalm. Write these truths in your heart by repeating them slowly, lovingly, and feelingly. As you do, these ideas will find their way by repetition to the deeper layers of your mind. And like seeds, they will grow after their kind. Let wonders happen in your life. So I really always enjoy when Joseph Murphy talks about the Psalms. He gives me a way of reading these verses and understanding them so I can apply his way of analysis and thinking verse by verse to other Psalms. Now, it's really important. He explains the power of the Psalms as I have expressed in other episodes. When you use Psalms, even though you may not completely understand them, as he explains, you may not understand the inner spiritual meaning. You nevertheless awaken and resurrect the same vibrations that others in similar conditions have experienced in the past. He references the Akashic record here, which he calls the universal subjective mind, which is the mind of all, with all the experiences and memories of everyone ever. And many, many people have used the Psalms, prayed with the Psalms, sang with the Psalms in the past, invoking these vibrations. So when you do this, you're resurrecting the same vibrations that others in similar conditions have experienced, even if you don't believe in God, but you have some belief in the Akashic record, then you understand the power of the Psalm. I believe, but you don't have to believe because if you believe at least at a minimum of the scientific proof that there is an Akashic field of memories and experiences then at least you can utilize that as your understanding of Psalms. You're tuning in subjectively with the marvelous and miraculous results which others have obtained. So when you're reading these, you're tuning in to a deep, genetic, cultural, mass mind experience that is attached to these combinations of words and ideas, even though they're written in other languages the sequence of ideas that are built into the Psalms end up having magical power. And that's why you find in some magical occult circles where they're not really big believers in much of the biblical literature that they're using the Psalms as magic spells. In particular, they have effects of reducing your fears and being protective of you from outside influences, or at least inducing some level of power in your mind that it's protective and works in a variety of ways. And the more I use them, the more I find power in them. It's really interesting. All of a sudden, out of the blue, 
I had an immense interest in the Psalm 23 episode. So I went back and started reading the Psalm 23 and it's just so wonderfully powerful and transformative. But I loved this because we get the Psalm 27 discussion as I had desired further explanation of other Psalms and now using the way he breaks down the Psalms. I'm going to go back through some of the other Psalms and try to get an understanding of what they mean line by line as it invokes feelings within me, memories within me. And I'm wondering if it does the same for you. There's some really powerful affirmations that were also included here. I've had several coaching appointments where people were involved in different legal matters. And so I believe his legal affirmation works. Once again, you just say the infinite law of justice, truth and harmony operate perfectly for me and all concerned in this legal matter. My attorney is God's man and God is guiding him or her. There is nothing hidden that is not revealed. There is nothing covered that is not made known. I release. And then you say the person to God, whenever I think of them, I will affirm, I release you to God. God be with you. So try that. If you're struggling with any sort of legal matter, that is a great affirmation that you can use. And you can use these other Psalms as well as a protective measure. If anybody's ever said, I'm going to give you the death prayer or I'm going to curse you, then utilize these Psalms. That's why they're in here. They have protective power because you are all the same being. We're invoking the God power. And the only reason that death prayers and black magic work is because you are giving them power and you can deny their power by going in to the Psalms, which invoke past subconscious memories of their protective power. That's all it is. That is the simple power by using Psalms. And I do believe if we go into other prayers outside of the Bible from other works, we can find some very powerful vibrations because we're tapping into the Akashic memory of those prayers. So if you have a prayer that you use from the past, then let me know, put it in the comments. If there is a particular Psalm that you use, share it with us. I ask you to go through and read the comments and we can start to tune into certain Psalms and magic phrases and affirmations that will help us to change our realities in wonderful ways. You can find all episodes of The Reality Revolution at therealityrevolution.com. Check out the Psalms playlist where I have the Psalms and eventually I will be reading the entire Psalms. I'm about on 72 at the time of this reading. And you can also try the Psalms meditation and the other Psalms episodes. Also be sure to check out the Joseph Murphy playlist, which has some amazing audiobooks that will blow your mind. Joseph Murphy continues to amaze me with everything I read from him. So thank you. And I am imagining loving joy and protection from infinite intelligence for all that are listening. And welcome to the reality revolution.